0: You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we began a new series that will carry us through the next 10 weeks. It's a series on the Ten Commandments. And Josh spent time on Sunday providing context for the commandments before teaching the very first one, You Will Have No Other Gods. On the podcast today, we're revisiting the context that gives us a deeper understanding of the purpose of these commandments. We also talk about the idea of covenant and what it means to be a kingdom of priests. I already love this series and hope that you will too. Thanks for joining us today. This is After the Message. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good Mike. morning.
1: Hey, Mike. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. How are you, buddy? Are you enjoying that coffee? I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's in my Be Happy mug. It's warm. Mm. Yeah. I just gargled in the microphone. I know, right, right before. Yeah, that's pretty great. But of course, knowing Chase, he may edit it in. I don't know. I mean, He'll probably put it in. <laughs> who Chase, knows? who is also wearing a Dwight Schrute sweatshirt today yeah, that says yes. false. False. I don't, false. don't even know what that means. Oh, boy. I know. I know. Oh. <laughs> Mike loves Jesus so much He's never seen an episode of The Office That's right
2: No
3: way That's What'd right it go, buddy? I just, Are you Well,
0: normal? and Mark never listened to uh, to uh, uh, secular music Only up, Christian but, all the way through high But did watch school. Beavis and Butthead
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a show I've never seen What? Never will Beth. No Oh, you're uh, super
3: spiritual uh, It's so good
2: Just the name It's a boy thing It's a junior high boys. thing It's Mike Judge
3: He's an, a comedic genius Yes King of the Hill. Yes. They're, they're, it's oh, a, some of your be- favorite things it. are don't from like Let's Judge. go back to
2: the office.
3: <laughs> I'm going to be I've fine. seen
2: every office episode. Does <laughs> that. that uh, Idiot. Right. you're having
3: trouble with your microphone. Do you think? You could have handled that, that pre show.
2: <laughs> yep. Who said
3: it's that? Over? Sean <laughs> no. What? I didn't see any It was not Sean <laughs> Oh my Thanks boss um,
2: for the encouragement She looked there, at by. me
1: like I said that <laughs> No ma'am Not
0: you me You got
2: the rolling glare right then I'm just saying
0: <laughs> Alright so if you haven't already figured it out uh, Today in the room we've got Sean Selman, Josh Brady, Mark Evans and Beth Bowman and Chase Hammock in the producer seat, so yeah. um, it's uh, it's going to be a good conversation today, I can tell. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be lively. <laughs> so, uh, so yesterday we started a new series, uh, 10 Weeks in the Ten Commandments seems appropriate. Mm. And uh so Seems like it fits just right. <laughs> so yeah, it was a uh, but before we get into all that, great service yesterday. I loved the fact that you addressed Josh the uh, the dancing kids mm. in the in It was service. so
1: fun. It is so fun. And we say this all the time and I know we have a lot of uh parents with that, that have children that are young uh, that listen to this podcast and I want you to hear it again.
3: We love
1: that. It, yes. So, so you may ask. I mean, that's got to be. It's got to be distracting it. for me. Legitimately, I don't notice it. I see it. Like, if any, if a kid walked up on stage, I'd be just fine. Um, but it, it's not an issue for me. Probably because our life, like our personal life, mine and Katie's personal mm-hmm. life. Is that it is chaos, beautiful chaos. It is life all around, and so man, I, I think for a yeah. church that is one of the most purest signs of life that you can have. Absolutely, as kids being kids and running around and and
4: yeah. uh, as the next gen pastor, I'll say this: I think it pays dividends because your kids get to see you as yep. adults worship mm-hmm. and like so. In their minds, they're thinking things like, why, why is mom and dad trying to pay attention to the mm-hmm. sermon? Why Why are we singing? Why? There's so many questions. And we actually heard some uh, families communicate to us after the Christmas Eve uh, service and the January 31st service, the conversations that December happened. 31st. December 31st. December. You know, Did traveler. I say January? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to get ahead of myself. December 31st. Um, so, So yeah, they communicated to us that um, the questions that arose mm-hmm. from their kids having participated in the service, mm-hmm. if, like "Mom, Dad, why do we do that?" Those are great conversations, and oh, so, right. so yes, we love having kids in worship.
0: Well, and I'll th- I, I think too that this series is going to spur on some great conversations sure. with kids yeah, because oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, as kids, I mean, what's one of the f- one of the first things you you Ten learn about in Sunday Ten school classes and things? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think this is gonna this is gonna be a great conversation starter no for doubt. families. Um, so, anyway, yeah. uh, having said all that, just, of course, you spent some time uh, on Sunday setting up the kind of the whole series, giving mm-hmm. some context, uh, which you so often do, which I think is really really helpful, at least for me. I'm sure it is for others in the room. Um, but context for the purpose of the Ten Commandments, like you know. Why, I mean, I think we all kind of on a surface level understand, you know, maybe the purpose, what we think the purpose is, but, but really setting the context for the fact that, that, you know, the Israelites had been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years and that for these people, that was all they knew that culture, um, that, uh, belief system, the polytheistic, uh, you know, way of, of worship in, in Egypt. And, uh, so this was really to, uh, uh, I guess, to, to to give them a set of guidelines for a, mm-hmm. a different way of living. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, tell us more about that. Let's talk about it for a minute. Yeah,
1: so we'll, we'll do a little bit of the background because uh, – and I don't know if this is true for everyone. I know this is true for, for me when I just think about it on surface level. When I think of Ten Commandments, I think of, strangely, courthouses or schools uh, because that that's where – uh, particularly in the South, we we have those the stone tablets mm-hmm. set up, and then recently there's been arguments over and even legislation uh, presented to either keep or get rid of mm-hmm. those stone tablets that are mm-hmm. there. And so we we know that there are ten ten things, ten sayings, and and generally we can probably if if just the random person were, were asked, what are the Ten Commandments? Well, they would, they would probably start with the, the moral side of that, which is uh, maybe the last six and not the first four. You know, don't, don't kill, don't lie, don't steal, don't don't commit adultery. But then it's the, the ones that are at the beginning more that, that deal with God that, that people struggle with. And so they would think, well, these are just the, the laws of, of do's and don'ts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're so much deeper than that, mm-hmm. and they, they, are, they are laws that were given to a people who had no idea... Who they were, whose they were, and how they were to live. Now, as perspective, and I think perspective is right here, um, when the people get the Ten Commandments, this is the very first laws that they get from God. Because they, right. they had been in slavery. Now, to be fair, they have been God's people for a long time. Now, God, God's covenant started with Abram. Right, mm-hmm. so, so in Abram, we, we get this lineage that's going to get us to, to Jacob, which is changed to Israel, and Israel is God's covenanted people, but it's not until Moses writes down the law, or the Pentateuch, the, the first five books of the Bible, that they actually have a written understanding of whose they are, who they are, and the purpose that, that sits before them. Everything else was oral tradition, okay? So as they're in right. Egypt for 400 years, there's still oral tradition being passed down generation to generation. But as you can imagine, where we live today, we, we can speak oral tradition all day long, but the culture is going to mm-hmm. eat that tradition mm-hmm. for lunch. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. And so for 400 years, they are stuck in a very polytheistic culture where they are, they're worshiping a God on every lamppost, on every door, on every uh, building, a different God for a different occasion, right? So they come out of this, and God's gonna send them to a land that's gonna be theirs exclusively. This is their promised land. And so in this promised land, they're going to be expected to be different, not Egypt, uh-huh. but also right. not the people. And so these Ten Commandments are going to be the very first steps to get Egypt out of them, but also to guide them to make sure that they don't connect themselves to other things as they move forward.
4: Mm. Right, because they're moving – he's moving them toward another polytheistic right. culture. A lot of them, <laughs> and yes. And so, uh, so, so, yeah, He's he's trying to go ahead and set the stage for them changing, but right. also – being something new as they enter a new culture. Yeah, So
0: right. Sean, say, say more about that because you said that he's moving them toward another polytheistic culture.
4: Yeah, so he's so, he's taking them to the land of Canaan, and right. so they're they're worshiping mm-hmm. multiple gods as well, uh, probably in some sense a different gods than right. Egypt in name, but probably very similar in purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Egypt's worshiping the sun god and the right. the god of of the harvest of so the grain for every reason under the sun. You have another culture, um, hundreds of miles away. It's doing the same exact thing, and so, mm. um, so he's trying to set them apart and set himself apart too
0: as the one true God. Would it be fair to say? I, and I I, I, I guess I don't know my history well enough to know this, but I mean, would they have been the first monotheistic? Would this have been the first monotheistic? Yes. Model? yes. I, think, I, would I, as, so. I would assume that would be correct. So this was like completely different and unique. Mm. I mean, if that's true.
3: Mm. Yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> I, I <would> <laughs> think, I'm gonna say yes, I would,
2: like I know. Yes. I, and I, I, I would
3: say too, not just um the first monotheistic, but this is the first case of where one God says, these are my people. Mm. Uh huh. Right? So it's not just uh, we choose to worship, but God has made a Covenant, covenant with this group of people to say you're my people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think you have anywhere that mm. anywhere in right. history other than yeah, yeah. Well, the, the mindset of the
4: gods would have been, "Hey, we we really don't want you." That's li- right, literally. Uh-huh. And so, so the people are working to appease every right. god mm-hmm. so that those gods don't destroy them, right? Right. Mm. And so you, you what have a way this, to live. You have, yes, this, <laughs> you have this one God, though, that comes in and says, I want you to be my people.
3: But I think mm. that's, that's a little different. That's totally what different. a way to yeah. live. But that is the way we often view God. That's, that's exactly right. And that's why we mm-hmm. turn to our, – our natural tendency is, want, is to want to turn to the Ten Commandments as a way to appease our God. Because that's the, mm-hmm. that is the, the human nature, and that's what you see throughout history, is I've got to do something to appease the gods. Yeah. And I don't think this was the setup for the Ten Commandments, right. and the, that's why I think it was so fresh what you talked about yesterday yeah. is there's still high value in the Ten Commandments, yeah, but it's not to appease an angry God in the same way that all the other religions were trying okay. to do. and and so you said that um,
0: but but also I think one of the things that we had discussed maybe talking about is that it is easy for us mm-hmm. in, in today uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to dismiss the Ten Commandments.
3: Let's talk about why that is. I'll talk about it for from my personal experience. Like you know when when you go through a legalistic frame and and you live that way for a long time, you want to and then you you discover the beauty and the freedom of grace and uh, really understanding God's intent and his heart for his people, the The natural tendency for me was to run from anything that looked like law. Hmm. like I, I wanted to avoid it. I wanted to run away from it. And so when you look at the Ten Commandments, I had a tendency to want to just put that in the same bucket and say, thank the Lord we're past that. Now we're all under this new covenant of grace. And so the Ten Commandments are rules or laws. And even to the extreme, I think some will go to even holiness is not a big deal anymore. Hmm. Um, Let's just go to grace and intimacy and relationship with Jesus and the whole set apart thing will be. Um, yeah dismissed or or diminished and I think that's that's missing the point and I love you know the way you brought that up yesterday mm-hmm. um being holy and set apart that there's a purpose for that that's right um it, it's not just to appease an angry God right it's to represent and when you gave the definition of priest is it's it's the people who yep. represent God right and that's how we do it we we, we right. are set apart and we spread his um, his truth and his grace and um there's a there's a role for the the, the commandments
1: yeah and, and again I think as we we see this in the Old Testament and New Testament a lot of times we'll view um this this priesthood or or live like great commission rise, right go into all the world and be be my witnesses uh, and and to you know acts 1 8 as well go, go in and, and giving a good and faithful witness to to the ends of the earth well that has always been the mission of God's people mm-hmm. it, we, we see it all the way here that there're to be the, the holy Nation and the king, kingdom of priests, but they're to do so in in the same way, and I, it, it it may be nuanced. It shouldn't be because it should be pretty steadfast. This is not a polytheistic system in the sense that what Sean said so clearly. We are not trying to to behave in such a way that God is now going to look down and say. Psh. I love you guys cuz mm. you're you're actually doing what I ask you to do. Great right. job. And then if you don't, then you don't well no, it's a God God has shown favor to you. He loves mm. you fully. And now in that you get to go into the world and tell them yeah. of a different way, right. Yeah. right? And so that should be that that should affect the totality of our life if we're going to be God's representatives on this earth and we're to be a set apart nation that again, this is gets into how we we work, how do we parent, how do we marriage, like all the things, we should never be domineering in those things, or, well, I, I'm only going to love you, wife, if you do this, or I'm going to only love you, kids, mm-hmm. if you do this, or I'm going to love you, employees, if you do this. <clears throat> Instead, it's it's a mission of, hey, hey, we are loved here, so let's go, and this is a whole different way of life, mm-hmm. and that's how we live, and that's how we operate, which is mm-hmm. a game changer Absolutely. to yeah. what this world is doing, So and still... We are still a kingdom of priests, mm-hmm. and we are yeah. still a holy nation marching on, declaring a kingdom that belongs to Christ our King. That's good. Yeah, I
4: would even, to add to that, if, if we back up even further, mm-hmm. right? So we, we used Exodus 19 to say, here's the, here's the context to look through Ten Commandments, that it's always been the mission. If we go all the way back to Genesis, mm-hmm. inside of a loving relationship that God creates between a husband and wife, and then right. says, be fruitful and multiply, it wasn't just go have more babies. Right. It was to be the image bearers to the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you're multiplying my kingdom, my right. grace, my mercy, who I am to all those around you. And so it's, it's never changed. It's always been that. Always from, been from very conception of creation, like that whole idea, you're going to go forward and be representatives, ambassadors for me. That's right. All the way to mm. Great Commission. That's to great. Paul's writings, yeah. you're my ambassadors, That's which
0: right. is really how you define the the term priests. You mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. uh, you know because I mean, this passage says, or, or that you know he's he's going to make them a kingdom of priests, and and so you know again mm-hmm. in, in this day and age when we think of priests, we think of an office, right? And uh, but that was different than the way that you you set it up.
1: Yeah, and and to be fair, um, as far as God's people, there are no priests set up yet. Right. This this is the very beginning. This is the inception of any law, uh, any any office, any any duty for God and His glory. Um, but there have been priests, as as we talked about earlier in our in our pregame. Like they would have known the priest of Egypt. Uh-huh. They would they would have known honestly the priests that were just destroyed uh, in in the plagues that had mm-hmm. had just set them free because God and the plagues. If you listen to the sermon, um, we we talked a little bit like each of the ten plagues focused on one of their primary gods and and God was confronting them. The priests were then the priests of Egypt were then called in to confront this God of Israel to to defeat him and they couldn't. And so their representation had failed. And so God is saying, You're gonna be my representation, but you will not fail, because you were you going to to go in my power and my strength. Um, but then there's a conditional covenant, which is strange. But Beth, you had a question. You had a comment, I feel like.
2: Well, I did. I've had several, but it's has okay. gone you so fast today. I've got to jump in. But I, I guess I didn't say it very well in the pregame, but I think that must have been mind-boggling, though, still, for God to say it's it's not like this priest separate vocational, hmm, vocational is not the word word, but separate job, Yeah. but that all of you— are that's going right. to be called to be reflections of my love mm-hmm. and right. this culture. And so I just think that had to be men, women, children, teenagers, whatever, that had to be, wow. Uh, that's a that's a step up from where I've been. Mm. Yeah. You know, just listening to God through or, Moses. And now
1: or, or the opposite. I can't. They're terrified. Yeah. Yeah. So, either one. Well, I think both yeah. and awe, you know, right. doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a, a good thing. Awe is just maybe a terrifying thing. Right. Yeah. And we see that when God is speaking to them, because God audibly speaks to them, they see it, they hear it thunder and lightning. Like, can you imagine? Like, they're in the wilderness. Go, going back to, to what Sean had set up for us, they're coming out of Egypt before they go into the land of Canaan, and they're in the wilderness, right? <laughs> An uninhabited place where there is no culture. And so, in many ways, God is taking them to a place that is is theirs to, to get rid of and to create. Uh, and and that's where God meets them, on this mountain. And in the mountain, there's this thunder and lightning. God speaks to them. And then we get to, to verse 19 of chapter 20, and they look at Moses and look at God, and they say, hey, we've heard from God. No more. We don't want it. God, you go speak to him. Or Moses, you go speak to God, and you tell us what he says, yeah. because if we hear him again, we're going to die. That was terrifying. Mm-hmm. yeah Yes! <laughs> Like, can you imagine, like, we long, at I do, I long, like, I, I find myself every single night, and this is just confession time, every single night, begging God to give me dreams. Like, I want to dream of him. I want to dream hmm. of heavenly things. And then I, you know, wake up and I've dreamed of some stupid, I've walked through a door and now I'm at Chuck E. Cheese and I walk through oh, another door I'm and Ch- I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My subconscious is absolutely hey. whack. Uh. Uh, but,
3: but with that, like, <laughs> I'm
1: longing for this and these people get to hear it and then they're like, nope, we're done. Moses, you tell us what he said. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. I think we need to psychoanalyze your
3: dream. it's yeah. unbelievable.
2: My we dreams, don't have, have that amount of time.
0: My dreams are bonkers. Um, all right, so I do want to go back to, because uh, you, you started to go there, but the, the conditional nature mm-hmm. of
3: covenant, um, because you, you spent some time talking about that in your message. Yeah, yeah I'm, I want you to answer it, but just to, I, I think those are two things that, the, for, for somebody who comes out of legalism, anytime you talk about law and anytime you talk about conditional, mm. like I resist that. Like, my my natural reaction is to, wait a minute, I need clarity on that. Um, And so, yeah, I thought what you said on the conditional nature was good yesterday. And so, just a little tag to set you up. Say it again. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, um,
1: covenant in the Old Testament, particularly – is always conditional. Mm-hmm. Always. And so the, the reason you would know, how, how would you be able to read something and see if it's conditional? Well, it's pretty easy. You're going to have some some keywords. So if then statements. Uh, and so if you do this, then then this will happen. Um, and usually they don't do the implication of the opposite, but it's always implied, right? So if you do this, then this. So if you if you keep my covenant, if you do what I'm telling you to do, then you will be my, my covenanted people. You'll be my favored people among all the nations. The implication is though, if if you don't then you won't right and so so there is a tension that mm-hmm. we live in today because we 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 know god as an unconditional god now uh, i'll say this and and this may ruffle our feathers this morning and it'll be a lot of fun and we'll we'll move into great discussion i still believe that god is a conditional god mm-hmm. uh, still today still today but the reason that we can confidently say that we are loved unconditionally though we is not a um, unitarian we. It, it right. doesn't it doesn't encompass all the world and all the time and space. I do believe God loves the whole world, right? But when we talk about the unconditional love of God, we are loved through the condition of Christ on the cross, mm-hmm. which then applies to us, and now we are unconditionally loved in Christ. Mm-hmm. But if you are not in Christ, the condition still applies. You fill the
3: condition. That's exactly right. Strikes, right.
1: So the if then still applies. If you do this, then you'll get to be my people. Well, if you don't, then you won't. Mm-hmm. The un- God is a God who from the very beginning is conditional. We see it in the garden. Like do do what I'm telling you to do and it's going to be great. Don't and you've got to go. Right. Some people may say, well, well God God doesn't Hate anybody. He just hates the sin, and I hear this, and I think I remember R.C. Sproul speaking to this at some point in an interview, and and it's hard to hear, right? And and his statement it may sound flippant. I don't think it was, but when somebody said, "Well, doesn't God just hate the sin and not the sinner?" Well, then, then you look to the scriptures and you say, "Well, does God send the sin to hell or the sinner to hell?" Mm-hmm. Right? So, so, so for that, it is still conditional mm-hmm. to this day, right now. But the condition is, have you put your hope and trust in Christ? And in Christ, then mm-hmm. we are completely covered, right? Past, present, and future,
3: and we belong to Him, right? Which I think is such a just a great lens to look at the beauty of the gospel. I mm-hmm. mean. Jesus is our only hope. That's it's right. Only because of Him that that we are able to have safety in His presence, to have intimacy with Him, and it's it's not because of our performance. Um, there is still a conditional, but He He fulfilled it. That's right. And it's uh, that that should that should shape our hearts. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would hope. Yeah, I think I pray um, that it does for me.
4: Yeah. So. As I think about that, it's, it's that act of grace and mercy through Christ. Mm-hmm. Like if we're, if we're not careful, we'll just we'll just go, "Oh, God's gracious, He's merciful, oh, He was kind, he's loving, so I love know, him know, like, him too." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it's through Christ that then, when I have an understanding of that and I've embraced that, now it compels my heart, mm-hmm. my life to do something different, that's right? right? Um, to be His representative, right? Right, and so. So that I think there's a difference in acting out of this compelling nat- nature of the grace and mercy and love of Christ versus let me do it out of a um, fear and mm-hmm. I've mm. got I've got to work and earn, earn. God's favor. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm I'm acting or I'm living out of the favor of God instead of trying to earn the favor right. of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. Uh, can you know? I don't think this is a bomb in any way, but maybe it is. So let's let's see if we can whack a hornet's nest. Or, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I, I think Boy, we we li- ruffling feathers, yeah, whacking hornets' nests, it'll be great. Step on toes, all, all the all the things, all the sayings. <laughs> um, where we live in a very churched place, church South, churched culture, where where we come from, a v- mm. I mean the largest Protestant denomination in the world, and, and being uh, Southern Baptist, uh, a lot of times we view salvation as oh no. We've been told that we are bad people, therefore we're going to hell, and the only hope for us is now Jesus Christ to keep us from hell. Uh, hardly ever speaking of the mission that we were ever called mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. or what our hearts should be doing apart if sin weren't, weren't pulling us away, that our hearts should be set on this. Like I think it's right for us to go back to the very beginning to see that we have always been God's, God's representation to yeah. the world. Here's where I think the, the difference is more than nuanced here. I think a lot of times in our culture, we say, I want to come to Jesus so I don't go to hell. It's more about me Mm -hmm. than it is about the whole mission that he's called us uh to. And so there's a lot of people who would say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, why are you a Christian? Because I've said a prayer, I've walked an aisle, I've been dunked, and that makes me a Christian. Well, the whole purpose of Christianity was for Christ to come into our life that we could be fulfilled in the law, right? So we can then go back and continue to be that representative of God to the world. And so I believe that our Christianity a lot of times is very short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Short-sighted and and honestly very individualized and maybe not a very healthy way at all that we think that God is saving us for us mm-hmm. as opposed to oh, God is saving is us for, for him. him. And so our goal in this life in salvation, if you are not saved to do good works for his glory, then we've missed the point of salvation, mm-hmm. right? So we are saved by grace through faith. We know that. It is nothing that we've done. But you're saved to do something. That's right. And mm-hmm. so if you have found yourself, if you're 40 now, and I'm, I'm 40. If you're four, 41. If you're 40, <laughs> dang, that's getting fast. It's, <laughs> it's happening faster. If you find yourself at <laughs> 40, is. right? So just in, yeah. in in life stage, your birthday's this week. Yes. Happy birthday wow. this week. Squirrel. Thank you. Squirrel. Ah, yeah, that's crazy. But I'm just thinking, <laughs> find at find age. I, I won't call us middle age, but find, find it age, whatever. And if you were saved, quote unquote, saved at 15. And you have never leveraged your life or spent your life or think about how you're going to do your life to take this kingdom to the world. And I'm not talking mission trip, but I'm talking like how you live every day to be a representative of God and to be set apart from everything that you were doing. If that's not part of our mindset, then our Christianity is not complete. Right?
3: Hmm. Did we whack a hornet's nest? No, I'm 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 pausing. Well, I I, I don't want to speak too quickly because I I, I know Beth is – trying to get in, and and I don't want to. We're be, double-dutching. you something to say, Beth? <laughs> jumping in. Go
2: ahead, go ahead. No,
3: no.
0: Go ahead, Beth, because no. I have a question that okay. that raises for me. But right. go, well, ahead. Well, go ahead.
3: Well, I'll just I'll say ahead. as the missions somebody. Pastor, somebody sure. <laughs> mission pastor, I do feel like sometimes um, we see mission as um, mm-hmm. optional. Right. Like, we're saved to know Jesus. We're saved to not go to hell. We're saved to walk in a relationship with him. And then living a life on mission, that's for a few people who God really has given a a burden for that or calling for that. Right. And and I'm not talking about missions only in the context of Africa. But I'm saying just to live your life on mission. Yeah. That started, like you said, Sean, all the way back in Genesis, clearly stated right here. You're saved and called out to be a priest, right? To be a representative to the right. world and, and in it, and normal everyday life. Like it's just exactly gonna right. be what they're just doing, at where at they're going. Store, they're representing everywhere store, they go in that's your right. neighborhood. Which right. gets us back With to the family. Great Commission, right? So right.
1: as you are going, yep. make disciples of all yeah. nations. That's right. That's that's it. It. Ephesians
2: two ten. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Mm-hmm. He had a plan for us. That's right. Not just to sit and take in his word.
1: Right, and uh, if, if we didn't whack the hornet's nest before, let's do it right now.
3: Okay, oh,
2: boy. I was about to sing. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Are you going to no, sing a song? Go, go Did ahead. you have a hymn? Well, back a in the poem? day, Amy Grant had that song. Oh, my. Uh, fat, well, what's back in the day? What, what are you about fat to Fat Baby. Do y'all remember that song? Fat, fat, fat baby. baby. I That's thought we were fat, going
1: queen. Fat, Sorry. Fat,
2: <laughs> fat Little Baby. The whole point of the song was that we sit in church, and we fill up with the Word, and we go to Bible Ooh. studies, and we fill up with the Word, and we absolutely do nothing with it. We yeah. just become... Mm.
3: Fat. Immature Fat
2: believers who never do anything mm-hmm. with their gifts. Right.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest differences in the New Testament, this is just me, right? Um, it, between a Pharisee and a, a follower of Jesus would be one was incredibly versed in the word, but completely missed it in the application. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times where we live today, we we have modern day Pharisees that we are filled with the word and filled with morality. And we will say, you should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. How dare you? That's egregious. But you've never once ever opened your mouth to speak of the good news. You've never once opened your hands to share the good news. You've never once uh, freed your feet to go and walk, to be in a different place than you've ever been, or even thought intentionally that I'm going to Kroger today. Lord, how are you going to use me at Kroger today? Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to Walmart to today. Me. How can I do yes. that? I'm going to be here. What am I? That is what we are being called to do. You were saved by grace mm-hmm. through faith to do those good works.
0: Okay, so while we're whacking hornets' nests, because um, right. I think I can imagine, I can imagine there are a lot of people listening now, and I, and I am optimistically imagining a lot, a lot of people. Yes, yeah. seven thousands. Um. <laughs> but but those listening, because we're talking about this this sort of cultural Christianity that we live in, and you you spoke of it as if, um, hey, if if we have been, if we've been saved just for us. To, to avoid hell, but we've never done anything beyond that. We've never engaged the mission that we, that we have a short-sighted salvation. The question that would be, I would imagine in people's minds, is were we ever saved at all, mm-hmm. if that's the case?
1: It's a great question. And, and I would never want to say yes or no to, to that, because that's not our jobs. We, we can't say, well, you did this right. You checked all 10 boxes, as opposed to the seven um, you, you you three more like like whatever that would be that 's not our job to tell you when even when parents bring their kids or somebody sits in mm-hmm. with me they 're looking for us to give official stamp mm-hmm. did I do it right well, that 's not on me. I could tell you what you 've said and, and, and kind of lead you along right. the way, but what I would tell you is If we've reduced Christianity to some incantation, and what I mean by that is you think because you said a phrase a certain way, Mm -hmm. therefore God is now obligated to save you because you said these words, you had this feeling, therefore you are now saved, I would be very suspicious Mm -hmm. of that salvation if – it did not lead you to become different than you were before. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to have the Paul to Damascus Road experience, but that there has to be something in your life. If you were dead, but now you are alive, if you were lost, but now you're found, if you were blind and now you see, those are markedly different things. Mm -hmm. And so the same should be true for us today that as we are in Christ, if we were dead, but now we are alive, you should be different and, mm-hmm. and and different i know that sounds strange in our culture it would be like well i used to love this and i don't love I, I think those are true the purpose goes back to this i still i still believe it do you want to represent the king that just saved you right mm-hmm. because i think that's when we see even in the gospels jesus giving us physical tangible expressions of this what did they do well they would say, they would those people would follow and say I, I, where would I go? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to go? I don't want to go back home. Home's not where I want to, I want to follow you because you just saved my life. Like that to me is is the true expression of what, what salvation is. All
3: right. Let me, I'm not saying soften that because I think you're 100% right. But I do know there are some who are listening whose life has been changed. Yeah. They love Jesus. Their, their heart is for him. But, there are some because i was there i just missed the you said incomplete i think is the right. word you said mm-hmm. you just missed the joy and the fullness of what he has called you to when you turn your whole walk with christ inward mm-hmm. as though it's only about you and your relationship with him and you being a better person right and, and so I, I would say if if you've had a season in your life or you're there now where you're saying i, I I love Jesus. I read the word. I go to church. I just don't really see myself living on mission.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't know that that's just an automatic indicator that you need to start questioning your salvation. I would say, as always, we're we're testing, but I would say also, don't miss the joy of it. Yes. Right. Don't miss the yeah. beauty of the fullness of what Christ has called you to. You're living in an incomplete relationship with him. Right. Yeah. There's so much more that he has and- created <clears throat> you to do. Yeah. And that's the way you're put together and you're you're missing out on the joy of that yeah and I would I would also
4: say to, to kind of that that very well could be the work of the Holy Spirit convicting and yep. guiding you uh-huh. into mm-hmm. truth mm. and we we want it all nice and neat in a moment right. but the fact is there is the work of sanctification that's that right. God is yeah. working out the salvation in you so so yeah, maybe you're hearing this and you're going, man've I've been missing that well, that's the work. That look. Allow the Spirit to work in your heart and pursue His truth, and then now mm-hmm. live in that. That's and right. so, that's a great. Point. So, so realize that that God may God may be doing a work in you right now as you're hearing this to to draw you into. The will he has for your life and the work that he's created you to do.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. And and I don't get confused with salvation and temperament and personality and all of those things too. We can because I express my faith this way. Everyone should express their faith this way, and we can easily do that. Um, There are people who have a quiet faith who are in love with the Lord and who serve so quietly, stuff we'll never. Mm -hmm. The the Holy Spirit sees and knows that, which is great. And there's others who express their faith in in big ways that are very visual and open. But, but, But to just know that you're on this journey. First John talks over and over about, you know, once you're saved, you can't help but have the love. That's one evidence of God working in your life is the love that you have for people. The love that you have for others now that calling to love people might be i love internationals but everybody who loves jesus and is, is a christian might not love internationals but they're going to show some love to somebody sometime in their life there's going to be that evidence of love but god calls us to different that's right expressions of yeah, that that's, that's exactly. what i'm trying to say no right. i
1: think that's exactly right and 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 to that end i think we find that though by mark you used a good word by testing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, of our faith and and i think that's right again where we come from and and i am i'm baptist grew up baptist evangelical i love it i'm 100 in. dunk me and I'm, I'm here for it <laughs> that being said I, I also understand the pitfalls that i see around the corner yeah. and a lot of times we don't make room for doubt mm. uh, and we mm-hmm. don't make room for questioning and we mm-hmm. don't make room for testing because yeah. we want it to say well if you know that you know that you know that you're saved mm-hmm. well if you don't then walk this aisle and say this prayer yes. never doubt it again well, I've found in my life that it's sometimes through the doubting seasons. It's mm-hmm. sometimes through the, I don't know. Like right. I, I legitimately, what I knew five years ago, I am completely shaky on right now. But the great news is my confidence isn't on my grip on God, but his grip on me, right? That's, oh, that, that's that, that killer quote. And, and so so in that there's seasons of doubt, there's seasons of shaky faith, there's seasons of questioning and testing. Mm-hmm. Those are all those are great, times. I think, <laughs> right. because we know if God is holding us, we're safe to have those questions. Mm-hmm. Those okay. doubts, those 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 wonderings. At least in in my life, I know that's true. And so I know where I came from and I don't I won't say this is Broadmoor's culture, but I know it was a a very new Palestine culture, kind of a missionary Baptist meets Southern Baptist, very legalistic, mm-hmm. right? If you question anything, boy, you better just say that prayer again and get mm-hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's true, then I'm saying that prayer an awful lot um, because there's still – the more, the more I, I press into the Lord, the v- bigger he becomes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the bigger he becomes, the more questions I have. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that, I have to find, Lord, I know you've got me. And Mm -hmm. I know I love you. And I know you love me. And I know Christ is my king. What that means today feels a lot different than it did five years ago. Mm -hmm. Feels a lot different than it did 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And probably, if if those things are true, will feel different than it does five years from now. Mm -hmm. But I trust that you've got me. And so I'm going to be tested in this process. Mm. I I think to bring us back to the commandment, Mm -hmm. you shall have no
4: other gods before me. It's that idea of God has to become not just bigger than anything, but He has to become the thing Only. that we're dependent on right. for all things, mm-hmm. That's for right. purpose, for life, for for salvation. Right? For, like He literally is our everything. That's good. Um, and so, so when you when you think about that that commandment, is the whole idea of God is our everything. Mm. There's nothing else that becomes fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It's good,
2: and when that commandment, I mean, is centered and meditated on, to me, the other nine make more sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that is just the that's right Mm -hmm. the jumping off spot for us.
0: Well, this was great discussion. We we actually went some places that I I don't think any of us were (laughs) anticipating. That was great. So, uh, and I think it just shows the fluid nature of these podcasts. Yes. (laughs) The fluid nature. Fluidity. You just never know. (laughs) Never know. This is completely unrehearsed. Um, Anyway, uh, so as we continue into week two of the Ten Commandments series, we'll be talking about next week. No carved images. No
1: carved images. And so, again, at face value, just to throw this easy. out there. I don't have any of those. No, none. And honestly, if, if you're not messing with wood, you can't even break this commandment. Yeah.
3: Because you can only <laughs> carve wood. <laughs> sweet. I All
0: right. I look, forward to, uh, I look forward to your uh, explanation of that on Sunday. So, uh, hey, thank you for listening uh, if you have been tuning into this. So, uh, we're, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, as always, great discussion.
1: Mm-hmm. Love, Thanks, you Love you guys. Mike. Love you guys. Yes.
0: This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as
3: at My Broadmoor.